Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations Church, and with me as always is my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Jeff Luddington. How are you doing, Jeff? I am great. Like I got, I got nothing silly or dumb or funny to say, and so I, I guess that sounded a little more Tony the Tiger than I wanted it to. But yeah, I am doing really well. All right, all right. I am, I'm hanging in there. Next week, back to school. Yeah, teachers, I know. Teachers go back next week, and then kids the week after that for our school. And yeah, summer ramped up my communication with, end. with students this week that that I've got. And uh, yeah, my head is, you know, there's that middle point in the Gospels where it says uh, Jesus turned and fixed his eyes or fixed his face towards Jerusalem. It's that, man. I've turned. <laughs> I've started to fix my eyes on school. And, and uh, though I have not a ton to do first semester, more second semester. Um, but yeah, I'll be doing a VC Films journalism class uh, for students. And it's going to be fun. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's going to be different. Hopefully we'll all be in in school, in the classroom, all year long. That's it, the goal. So don't tell anybody, and since, you know, we'll just, we'll just keep it a secret, but I hope that still means no masks and whatever else. Yeah, <laughs> we will. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, so we want to thank you for joining us. We are in our series called Questions from the Classroom. And so as, as teachers at a high school, um, we get a chance to interact with high school students, uh, freshmen all the way up through seniors. And last year we took questions from them and put them into uh, a little booklet, and we've just been choosing questions. This week, we are looking at a question that we talked about a little bit last mm-hmm. week. We had it as part of the set of questions last week, um, just because it kind of fit with the advocacy question. But the question last week that came up was, can you be pro-choice and be a Christian? Right? Last yeah. week, we talked about uh, homosexuality, LGBTQ. Um, so, Yeah, that's where we are, yeah. for sure. Uh, we put advocacy questions together last week because it was, can you be pro-G, uh, sorry, pro-LGBTQ? Can you be pro-choice? And so we put some advocacy questions together, but it is, uh, it's hard to answer advocacy questions without a premise for the topic, right? And so what we did last week was, can you be pro-LGBTQ or can you be gay and be a Christian? Those were two stu- questions we, asked, we were asked by students. And we had to ask or answer the question that, uh, can you be gay or transgendered and is that pleasing to God? So we answered that first and then dealt with the advocacy questions. And so today with the pro-choice question, we have to kind of do the same thing. And so the, the today, the question we really need to tackle from scripture first is uh, around abortion it, because pro-choice is branding, right? It's a clean way of saying pro-abortion. Nobody wants to say I'm pro-abortion, but pro-choice really is that. It, pro-choice, the pro-choice side isn't advocating for keeping children. It's advocating for the right to choose, which means choose an abortion. And so is an abortion something that God is okay with? And really that question comes around the idea of when is a life a life? When it, when is a, what, what, I'm just going to use the word, a child, a life. You know, others would say a fetus or whatever. When is it actually life? And if, I think if we dig into Scripture, I, I think the first two passages we're going to look at are the main passages yeah. Christians will go to and say, hey, here's what God says about this. Um, you're going to use one in Exodus that's a little bit less known 
Yeah, I uh, tend to say things other people don't. Other people don't say exactly. For sure. Yeah, stuff people would never consider <laughs> using in those situations, and you, the you find people those verses. You about. So the first one, Jeremiah one four and five. Uh, now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations." So telling Jeremiah that uh, before he was even conceived, God yeah. already knew him and, and had a plan for him. And then Psalm 139, 13 and 14, uh, David speaking or writing, saying, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. Yeah. In Jeremiah, it's God speaking, the eyes, they're God, right? I formed you in the womb, I knew you, I consecrated you, I appointed you, right? Then David worshiping God around that kind of truth, right? You, David saying, you, God, did this, right? So the passage that, um, and I wouldn't recommend this as a go-to for this conversation, but in this context, it fits. And, uh, you know, we joke, you know, I'm the pastor that people warn you about, but uh, it, it, it is a, it is a, if it's a conversation that needs to be had. It's not a go-to, especially if you're talking to a woman who's pregnant and considering this, but in Exodus 21, uh, I'm going to read uh, 22 through 25. It says, When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fined as the woman's husband shall oppose on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But, verse 23, But if there is harm, then you shall pay. Now here, this is God speaking to Moses, giving him the law. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, Foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And so summarizing, if a woman, I mean, I'm sorry, if a man hits a woman, and of course it has nothing to do with gender, if a, uh, with the exception of the pregnant woman, but you know, if anybody hits this woman or causes this child to uh, miscarriage would be you know, the way to say it, but really that's where it applies to abortion. If you cause the abortion, right? Uh, if there is harm, you shall pay life for life, eye for eye. So if you cause this child to be born blind because of this situation, like it, it's a you shall suffer blindness kind of thing. But it, it's, it's really around the first part, life for life. And so I'm not advocating for a death penalty for somebody who has an abortion or for abortion doctors. That's a different conversation. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I would say this. What's important here is that God calls that unborn fetus, child, you know, person, a life. It's a life. It's a life before it's born. And culture today uh, does not do that. There's lots of controversy, lots of things, um, you know, late-term abortion, abortion up to the point of where the, the child is viable and can live on its own, all those things, right? And so God doesn't differentiate. I formed you, right? I made you. David says, you formed me, you did it in, in the womb, right? There's no in the womb day one, in the womb, you know, all these, you know, weeks and months down the road, but it's a life. God calls that a life. That needs to shape our conversation a bit. Right, and I, I think that, you know, we talked a little bit earlier before we, we actually uh, started the podcast just about the idea that our, our podcast today is not going to change someone's mind, right? We're, we're not trying to do that. Christians are very clear right. on this is what God says. But our students, a lot of our students are dealing with culture and dealing with how 
Christians are perceived mm-hmm. and just how they're to react to this kind of thing. So um, one of the things that, that they come to us and, and they say is that it seems like the perception of Christians is either they love the Word of God, but they don't love the person well. They mm. don't love the, the woman who's involved in this well. They don't look at it from her side. The gay, the gay person, and any of those, you fill in those blanks, right? Right, right. So very legalistic, standing outside, abortion clinics with signs, you're murdering your child, those kind of things, yeah. um, turning their backs on people that have had abortions. Um, the other side see some Christians as saying, well, we're going to love the person, and we're just going to ignore what God says. Um, so how do we, as Christians, do both well? How do we love somebody but still follow God's law? Yeah, I, and I'll reference this in the show notes. We put, just so you guys know, if you're, if you're listening in the car or whatever, you don't know this, uh, uh, don't look now, but um, show notes, we'll list all the verses. Or, um, you know, last week, I think uh, I plugged the book I wrote, and so we put that in the show notes. Um, and I'll, I'll list this verse. I have to look it up. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, and so I, I can't think of the reference off the top of my head. But uh, Jesus talks about grace and truth, right? He, he spends his time giving us grace and truth. Paul repeats it. Um, there's a sense of the loving side, loving people. That's the grace side, right? The truth side is the truth of Scripture, God's truth, right? And there is no, there's no such thing as relevant truth. I know it's very popular today, which might be true for you. is not true for me, but we all know that's not true, right? I mean, like we all look at each other and say, I don't care what you think, murder's wrong, right? Or whatever, right? Uh, or rape is wrong or something like that. And so um, God's truth is what we hang our beliefs on and and grace is where uh is the is the the way we apply god's truth to culture and so or you know to ourselves to others whatever and so on one side you have uh, a very and, and this is typical this is um, this is broad strokes liberal church is often very grace-filled right very loving towards the lgbt community very open towards maybe abortion or something else very grace very loving and then the more conservative church is often very truthful or meaning leaning into the truths of scripture now there's problems in both sides right it is unloving to allow people or to not you know speak to people about something that is harmful for them you know if i love you i will tell you hey this thing you're doing is wrong it's not god's best for you let's walk together through this right and on the other side the truth side they're not very good at truth too because there's lots of truths in the bible like loving people is also a truth just as much as, you know, one man, one woman inside, consensually inside the boundaries of marriage kind of sexual activity, right? So in this case, there's a, there is a truth that God calls life, unborn children alive, that calls them alive and calls them children, calls them people and gives a penalty uh, for taking that life, calls it a life, right? So there's truths, but there's also truth about loving people broken people, sinful people, people doing wrong things. The critique of the church, I think, is valid, that the church tends towards one side or the other, like you said. And what we need to do is not find a middle ground, halfway truthful, halfway loving. We need to find fully loving, fully truthful. And that is, and, and I am often critical of the American church, even though I pastor and have pastored many American churches, and and our church isn't any better than the church down the street, right? Um, But I am critical because I do hear and I do see the inconsistencies inside of Christianity. That's Honestly, that's why I wrote the book I wrote. We're not going to plug that again, but you get my point. 
Yeah, and, and as, as I mentioned, we're dealing with not just a very difficult subject here that a lot of emotions involved, but we're dealing with students who are, are on social media and seeing both sides of this, yeah. and they're trying to balance how do I believe this but answer these critiques, these questions. And um, one of the things that I've talked to some students about is, is they'll say many outside of Christianity um, see and hear Christians very strongly, very loudly um, opposing abortions, advocating for the unborn child. Uh, but the perception of a, of a lot of people out there is that's where it ends. Like, like Christians really want these children to be born, but then their advocacy for these children are not there anymore. Yeah. And even though that's not necessarily true, there are a lot of Christian um, adoption agencies, sure. Christians who are out there working. Even our, our church does a uh, some work in the community with, with foster children and those yeah. coming out of the foster system. Um, but it doesn't get seen as much. How do we change that perception? And how do we get more people involved in, hey, you, want, you, know, you said you were pro-life. Now that that life is here, what do we do? Yeah. You know, I and uh, this is a little off topic. I, I typically never say that I am pro-life, uh, and I I don't use that term um, because I think that there is a separate conversation about the death penalty, right? And and in order to be pro-life, typically that's anti-abortion, um, anti-death penalty, and and I think those are two different conversations. The reason I think that is that an unborn child is an innocent life, uh, and then we could have a different conversation on a different day about a guilty life. If we go back to Exodus 21, what I did, I just read, if you kill that innocent life, you can have a life for life taken. Again, bigger conversation for a different day. Um, but I am definitely, and I know this isn't good branding, but I'm anti-abortion for sure. And I'm also pro-women, right? I mean, like women are the ones, you know, I, if, you know, I was a young man who got a woman pregnant, it's not me who has to carry the child. If I was a young woman who was molested or raped and got pregnant, it would not be the rapist or the molester who has to deal with that for the rest of their lives or looks at a child, you know, when I say, hey, please, you know, don't abort that child, it's a life, who would have to look at that child and, and see their worst experiences in their life, right? So um, I am for the woman, I am for the child. And I, I think that's where our conversation has to turn. Um, women, have a, and this is this is the hard statement, right? And this, but it has to be said. Women, you do have lots of choices, right? If you're listening right now, you have tons of choices. You, you especially, and, and the vast majority of abortions uh, in this conversation come from single women who have not been raped or molested, and and their lives are not at risk. Ninety plus percent are single women. Who found themselves pregnant because of someone they slept with for whatever reason and don't want to have that child yes some are married yes some are raped but it's, it's a small percentage and so i'm dealing with the majority not the nuclear option the, the minority part and so you get to choose and if i'm being just blunt you get to choose who you sleep with right and if you're a christian and you you also get to understand that hey this is why god said no sex before marriage and no sex outside of marriage for these kind of reasons. But so you get to choose your sexual activity. You get to choose your birth control. So let's assume you're married and you know you get to choose whether you use birth control, how you do that. You get to choose many of those things. There will still be these pregnancies that occur inside of a marriage. Now you're well equipped to do that. 
outside of a marriage, you know, it, it feels like a crisis pregnancy. And so at that point, it's not just a woman's choice, but it's also a child's rights, right? The woman has rights. I agree with that. She also has the right not to sleep with somebody and to use birth control. All those rights take place. But once there's a new life, the conversation shifts to that child has rights as well. If we believe that's life, and again, I'm probably not changing anybody's scientific opinion today, but if that's true, that child has rights. So my conversation shifts to how do we advocate for the woman and the child simultaneously? And there's lots of options out there. Now, if I could throw the curveball, um, I've had two of the most heartbreaking stories in my ministry, career, life, whatever, um, are around abortion. And one girl really didn't want to. She just turned 18 and her parents pushed her into it, literally ruined the relationship with her parents. She lives out of state now. She's married, has children now out of state. They pushed her into an abortion. And I was just heartbroken that I couldn't help her more. Another one's more recent. A single woman in the church had two kids. Uh, and uh, I think by different men, that's irrelevant up to the point where she got pregnant by someone that is not the father of the children a third child on the way, single, had come to faith, trying to get her life together, lived at home, going to school, trying to do right things. And this third pregnancy, right, was really going to upend her life. And, and so I walked with her, talked with her. We put some families around her. We advocated for her uh, and provided all kinds of, hey, we'll walk with you. We'll do this if you want to adopt or, or keep the child, whatever, we'll walk with you in any circumstances. And she ended up aborting. And I remember, I remember that moment and my heart hurt. And I felt, it felt personal. It was not personal at all. It had nothing to do with me, right? But I had walked with her and, uh, and I, my heart was invested in this. And so the other thing the church needs to improve in is what about the women that do have abortions under your care? She, I, she's still in the church. We still love her. We still care for her. It isn't, you know, we didn't shun her afterwards. And I think there's the three areas. Walking with women beforehand. Walking and advocating for the children, no matter what that means. Keeping it, adopting, raising, whatever it means. And then caring for women who make the choices we disagree with. And I think those are the three places the church needs to improve. Yeah, I think that's that's a great point is, is the ability to love even if the person makes a decision that you're not okay with. And that applies across the board, right? I mean, exactly. that's in a lot of settings that we need to learn that. Right. So, yeah, as a church, we need to do better. Um, it's great that there are people from the church out there advocating for the unborn life, um, but we also need to be focusing on those women, and we need to be focusing on those children once they're born. How do we, as a church, as, as the bride of Christ, come in and care for those children and love them and love the moms as well? Yeah. All right, so we will uh, end it there. There's, there's probably a lot of other questions that could be asked, could be discussed on this topic. If you'd like um, to give us some more questions, we ask that you would email us at the uh, email address questions at generations.email. One quick thing, man. I'm going to throw in the show notes. I'm going to show, I'm going to, I'm going to add a place uh, that you can, especially if you're in Southern California, that you can turn to if you're listening to this for whatever reason, God led you here and you are pregnant and you're talking about this. I want to give you at least a resource. I feel like, it would be irresponsible for us to have this conversation and not give you someone you can call and talk to. Great. Yeah. Good job adding that in there. So I want to thank you for listening. Uh, again, not just the Generation Church podcast, but this series available. This is episode 24. So if you're just joining us, 
you got 23 20 to 30 minute episodes that can take up your next couple of weeks. <laughs> Go back, <laughs> listen to those. Uh, we're glad you joined us. We hope you'll join us when we release a new one next Tuesday. Uh, may God bless you and may we all learn to love each other better. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.